Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, brought to you by Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward. Each week I feature a different aspect of Disney weddings, from the latest news, information, and money-saving tips, to interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney brides and grooms. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations worldwide. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, we are speaking with Heather and John Scafidi about their Wishes Wedding at Walt Disney World just a few weeks ago, right before Christmas. And I met Heather and John at Disney's Fairy Tale Wedding's last bridal showcase. And I was so interested to follow the progress of their planning. They were just starting out planning and they had all these great ideas and everything. And so I wanted to follow up with them after they had their wedding and see how everything turned out. So welcome, Heather. Heather and John. Hi, Carrie. So what made you guys choose a Disney wedding? Well, we like Disney. That's the first thing. Uh, We wanted a unique wedding. No one in my family, I have a pretty large family, and no one's done a large wedding before. Uh, We wanted to bring our families together on vacation, which is, is a big thing for us since I have a big family and Heather does as well. And we wanted to give families and friends a a unique experience, something they never experienced before. Uh, It's rare to have a a vacation of this magnitude, uh, let alone a Disney wedding. So to bring them all together was a great thing. That's very cool. How did you decide that you were going to do a wishes event? Was it just because of the size of your families? (laughs) Well, my family is pretty big, and we knew we wouldn't... uh, be able to fit everyone in into the 18 people range. So uh, we needed to uh, expand a little bit. Plus, I like the uh, non-limitations. I wanted to customize everything. I want to be able to customize what kind of food we had to uh, what we were doing that day, and we weren't going to be limited on options. So then when your friends and family found out where your wedding was, did they react the way you had hoped? How did they react? Well, yeah, our immediate families were thrilled and our friends and bridal party were all really excited. Most of our friends and my dad and my younger brother had never been there. So they were really excited to see it for the first time. And they were also excited to just have the opportunity to turn it into a vacation. Our extended family, most of them couldn't go because of health or financial issues. But all of our immediate family was in it from the beginning. That's great to hear. And it's neat to know that they really did appreciate the aspect that it was also a vacation for them. Exactly. How many guests did you end up having? Our original invite list was about 100 people, and we estimated about half of them would be able to come around 50. But in the end, it ended up being about 35, including us. So it was the perfect amount because it was nice and small and intimate, but it was just enough people so that we could party and have a good time. That's great. That sounds like a great balance. Now, which locations did you guys use, and how did you select them? Originally, John and I disagreed over where to hold the ceremony. I liked Seabreeze Point. I loved the outdoor setting. I thought it was beautiful. It was right on the water. I liked that we would have the sun in the background, and it would be really cool. And John actually wanted the wedding pavilion from the start. And as soon as I saw it, I fell in love with it. I disagreed with him at first, but once I saw it, I knew that this is where we should have the ceremony. So we ended up choosing that. And then for the reception, we went back and forth a lot over where to have that. 
we considered the summer house, but that was out because of the construction. And then we also considered Atlantic Dance Hall because we kind of wanted a location that didn't really need much decor and floral to kind of fancy it up because we figured that would be a good way to save money. However, because of the scheduling conflicts and other issues that arose, we ended up choosing the St. Augustine Ballroom at the Grand. And in the end, it ended up being the perfect location because everything was all in one place. Everything was easy to get back and forth between. And we were really happy with the way the floral came together in the ballroom to dress it up. Oh, that's cool. So now you talked about decorating the ballroom. Did you guys add any Disney touches or did you have a theme? Yeah, we did. Um, originally, we were going to do a Mickey theme. Uh, everything tied into uh, modern and different types of Mickeys. Everything from the 1920s up to today. Uh, which was really good, except that when we started doing our Save the Dates, we started putting castles all around. So it started right from there. As soon as we put our first castle, we knew that our castle would be the theme of the entire reception. So from the Save the Dates, the invites, the programs, the cake, the toasting flutes, a lot of the stuff that I designed myself, we put uh, the castle in almost everything we did. Another Disney touch we used was uh, Mickey and Minnie. So we uh, we took Mickey and Minnie. We had them. We had a great time with them. I probably would say we. I wish we had more time with Mickey and Minnie, but that was one of the great touches that we had. I think everyone had a great time with that. Uh, we also wanted our guests to experience wishes. Because we were in Disney, I wanted them to feel what Disney does and the wishes fireworks and have a great time uh, at Disney. So I wanted to give them that Disney touch with the wishes uh, fireworks. I see. So you had, did you have a dessert party after the reception out at the marina? We did at the marina, and it was a really great experience. One thing that we really didn't like was that um, the we had in the piping of the audio, but the audio didn't come in that great. And we weren't sure if the music was playing uh, or if it was someone else's party that was nearby. So we were a little upset that the music wasn't as loud. We were assured it was playing, but we wish it was a little louder. That's interesting because that is a lot of money that they charge to have the soundtrack for Wishes go along with the fireworks. Yeah, we weren't really told any other answer as to why it was playing or wasn't playing at the end. But you know what? At the end, it was still a great experience. Uh, we enjoyed it. And, and most of our guests didn't even really care that there was audio or not in there. One other thing that you guys mentioned that piqued my interest, what did you end up doing with the ballroom to decorate it? Because they can be sort of daunting when you're first starting out and thinking, how am I going to decorate this thing? What way did you go? That was our issue from the beginning. We originally thought it would just be too expensive to dress it up. And, you know, John and I really wanted it to be not just your typical ballroom, but really, you know, make an impact on our guests when they walked in and they saw how everything was decorated. So... From the beginning, John thought about doing the draping on the walls. However, it was just too expensive. What was the original? I think it was about $8,000 was the original estimate to drape the whole entire room, which was just way out of our budget. We couldn't afford it. However, Maxine, our planner, worked with us and suggested that we just do one wall to give it the same draping effect. So actually, it ended up being that we had two ballrooms that were connected and the draping separated it where the air wall would be so that the guests entered from the pre-reception into the reception through the draped wall. We also had uplighting throughout the whole entire room, which really gave it just that extra special touch and just it was the lighting was beautiful. Uh, we also, I really wanted dramatic centerpieces on the tables, and I saved money in that aspect by using the centerpieces at the wedding pavilion and then having them transferred over to the reception. 
because I just wanted those big, dramatic, tall centerpieces. I think that's it. We, we had our cake. Our cake was pretty much the center of attention. We had a, a rounded table, and it sat kind of in the middle of the ballroom behind the dance floor, and that kind of gave it, you know, there was a spotlight on it, and it kind of really added a lot of drama to the room. That's great. Those are all great tips. Um, while we're talking about these, what were some of the most and least important aspects of your wedding when it came to focusing your attention and your budget? From day one, we always knew that food uh, was going to be number one on our list. Number two was photography. We wanted that to be most important to our wedding. It didn't have to be the videography, but photography was very important to us. We wanted those memories for life. And uh, we knew we picked out the best one. It took us a while to fig- uh, figure out exactly which photography we wanted, but we're glad that we took the time and did our research and make sure we've picked the right photographer. And decor. We wanted decor to give the experience of Disney through this wedding. We wanted that Disney touch, and uh, our planners really worked together in getting that Disney touch to our guests. So they were really in Disney and they were giving that Disney experience. And then lastly, our most important was a a very special officiant. I had the uh, privilege to have uh, the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. If you're into the wrestling uh, industry or area, you know from the 80s, uh, the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. It was a long time to get him, and I was able to get him to come to our wedding in Florida and uh, officiate our wedding. Wow, that is really interesting. I've never heard of having a celebrity officiant before. What a great touch. (laughs) <laughs> it really helped out and uh, it really um, energized the guests who came because a lot of them were wrestling fans. So for them to be surprised and looking at the invitation that says, oh, and we got the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, it was a great experience. And a lot of people came to us and said, wow, that was amazing. Not only did you have a great Disney wedding, but you also had Ted DiBiase, someone so famous. And uh, it was a great little time. That's cool. Now, has he done it before? Were you the first wedding he'd ever officiated? Uh, no, we weren't. He's uh, been officiating for a few years, but it's the first time that he's done one at Disney. Uh-huh. So it was a uh, it was a great time. That's very cool. So now it's going to be hard to pick, it sounds like, but what was your favorite memory of your wedding day? For the favorite memory, I have um, I have a few, actually. Um, one, I want to give you the first one is the ceremony. When Heather walked down the aisle, it was a great moment. Um, I was planning to, you know, look at her and just know exactly how beautiful she is. But it really didn't kick in until she actually walked down and I saw her her tearing up. It was just a a great moment. And to know that I was starting to tear up myself and I normally don't tear up. So to feel that inside was a great moment. Uh, My second one was during the reception. I wanted a big entrance. I wanted something so big, just like how Disney does it, a big grand entrance for for our bridal party. I had our bridal party and parents walk down to the main theme of the father of the bride, which was a great addition as it is. We came out to the movie soundtrack of Rocky. Add to that, we had boxing gloves on, pink and blue boxing gloves. So and when you look at the pictures and the photos, they uh, we come out explosiveness to the Rocky theme. And uh, it, it was very big and powerful. And it's exactly who we are. We're from Philadelphia. And we have that Rocky mentality. And it was a great moment. Lastly, we had a 1947 Cadillac convertible that took us around. Now, we didn't get it through Disney. We got it outside, uh, outside vendor. And that was Cole's Classic Cars. And I will have to say they were very great uh, what they did. 
they um, took us around. They were they took us from Pop Century Resort to the Wedding Pavilion and then to the Grand Floridian. And um, a little different from what Disney does. Disney only provides uh, going right from the Wedding Pavilion or wherever you're going to have the ceremony to the reception and back. Uh, where we got it from where we were staying, which was Pop Century, to the Wedding Pavilion. So it was a nice little ride uh, for a couple extra miles. And like John, I have quite a few memories from that day that really, you know, stuck out. But one specific memory was when my younger brother, Mark, read the Corinthians quote from the Bible at our ceremony. Um, He's 18 and he's autistic, and we wanted to give him sort of a special role in the ceremony. We talked about it beforehand, and John made the suggestion to have him be a reader along with his sister, Phyllis. Uh, My mom and I were kind of nervous about it because he doesn't really like to read. He's like a typical teenager in that aspect. And he kind of has a problem with mispronunciation and pacing sometimes when he reads. So we practiced with him a lot leading up to the day. My bridesmaids practiced with him. John's sister helped him out a lot. And when it was his turn, he got up at the microphone and he read it perfectly. It was flawless and it was so beautiful and I got so emotional and I was tearing up and I just felt so proud of him that he was able to get up there and do that. That's wonderful. Probably the another one that you know that really stuck out in my mind was the moment right before I walked down the aisle when Maxine lined all of the bridesmaids up and she pushed my dad and I into the groom's room and said here wait in here while we open the doors and I walked in there and I just like the smell of John's cologne kind of like hit me and that's all I could smell and it it kind of was the moment when everything just felt really real and all I could think was oh my gosh he's up there waiting for me at the end of the aisle right now and I'm about to walk out there and this is it this is really happening right now so it was kind of nice to put everything into perspective and just kind of made everything real right in that moment. That's wonderful because often you hear that people are not conscious of the moment and the whole thing's a blur and so it always warms my heart when I hear that people you know got that moment that you had where you just you really experienced it. Exactly. I mean, I really, I felt like that about the whole rest of the day. It kind of went by in a blur and it was really fast. And it was, you know, I I tried to consciously say, okay, you know, take everything in. But that moment was when it all just felt real and I knew I was just ready. Uh So now I hate to ask this, but was there anything that went wrong or didn't turn out like you expected? And if so, how was that resolved? Uh, Yeah, there were quite a few issues, actually. Um, A lot of it was little things that we weren't really aware of till after the fact, because honestly, I feel like the day of Disney does such a great job in taking care of everything. The planner and the assistants, they really, they don't bother the bride and groom with anything that goes wrong. They take care of it themselves. They try to hide a lot of things, little (laughs) things that may go on. So they do a good job with that. Um, There was an issue with the floral. I did use an outside florist and everything was great other than when it was time for them to deliver the boutonnieres to my dad and my brother who went separately from the rest of the bridal party over to the wedding pavilion they were at pop the florist was late so my dad and my brother left before they arrived because they didn't really have time to wait around and i think there was a little confusion about my dad not really knowing that he had to wait so when we arrived at the wedding pavilion my dad and my brother did not have boutonnieres. So the ceremony actually started about 15 or 20 minutes late because 
Maxine and her assistant were running around looking for anything they could pin to my dad's lapel <laughs> to suffice as a matching boutonniere to everybody else. So it was a little bit crazy. And I was a tad stressed out, but I, I kind of knew that, you know, they were taking care of it. And it, it all worked out in the end. It really didn't even matter in the long run. I also had another uh, example. Uh, we used men's warehouses, our tuxes, for all the groomsmen and my parents. And by using that, I thought it was a great service. You know, it was nice to have men's warehouse that we can go up near us, which is in Philadelphia area, and be able to get everything sized and go down there and pick it up. Great service. Unfortunately, when we went down there to get our tuxes, they were all the wrong sizes. Every person had the wrong size, either the wrong dress uh, or the wrong pant size, the wrong shoes. Everything was mixed in different orders. We found out that some of them, if we just exchanged some things to different people's bags, they would match up just fine. But it was very puzzling and I had to make a lot of phone calls. The problem there was that we were on a deadline and we only had about a day and a half to get everyone's tuxes in the right order. Everything worked out in the end, but it was a little stressful coming down to Disney. You've got two days until the wedding and then we have to worry about tuck sizes for everyone. But Men's Warehouse did work it out. They did give us the right sizes, just a little stressing on their end. Yeah, that does sound stressful. Do you remember which branch of Men's Warehouse you used? Uh, we used the Winter Park. Huh, interesting. So what? there was any problems with them it was just that um you know it was just a mix-up and we got it they got it to work honestly they they did what they could they really stepped up and they they made everything right but it just was very stressful because it was two days before the wedding and the groomsmen didn't really you know i i guess we didn't communicate to the groomsmen uh, you should definitely try on your tuxes just to make sure and they kind of were thinking well you know everything's good but but everything was fine in the end I just think definitely uh, like one piece of advice would be that although it's a very convenient service, just just have the people who are wearing the tuxes try them on as soon as they get them just to make sure everything's okay because anything could go wrong really. So now was there any aspect of the wedding that seemed like a big deal beforehand but turned out not to be? I wouldn't say anything in particular. I would just say that especially in the last few months leading up to the wedding, just every little detail seemed stressful. Every little thing. I mean, I was stressing out about just like the most unimportant things. And John was trying to tell me like, it's okay. Like you don't have to be stressed out about every little thing. You know, everything's going to come together. And I really was, I was, I was really stressed out about the timing of everything. I mean, I am the type of person who's very organized. I make lists about everything. So I kind of made a timeline for my bridal party for the guys and the girls about where to be and when and you know what to do on what days and I broke everything down for them and I did the same for John and I just to make sure that we would kind of know and that we wouldn't be unprepared and you know the day of and the day beforehand during the rehearsal everything just came together and it I mean it really even surprised me at how well everything came together everything was perfect in the end that's great to know now, one of my favorite things when I read about people's weddings is when they list their glad I did, wish I'd done kind of things. Do you have anything that knowing what you know now, you wish you'd done differently? Yeah, I took on a lot of DIY projects. I enjoy uh, designing graphics and putting things together on the computer. I spent a lot of time on the DIY projects. And while I say it was a great idea and I, I advise everyone to try it and, and not just go out and buy everything that you find at a store, but I spent a lot of weeks uh, working on the little details of the save the dates and the programs that took us really away from the aspects of the planning and major aspects as well. 
I would say if you could divvy out the projects a little bit. So you're doing a few and you know you, you can buy projects either through the Etsy um, or you can work with other people to help you make them. But don't spend weeks like we did just in the little details of the save the dates or the programs or the invitations. I would also say um, if we can go back, it would be to eat more of the dinner. Uh, we spent a lot of time uh, talking with our guests and talking with um, you know the DJ and the planner, and we really didn't get time to eat the beautiful uh, dinner display that we had, and uh, everything was great tasting. But you know, having only a quarter of the plate was really—I um, I really felt bad that I didn't eat the entire plate that I really wanted to. I wish I would have done that. Do you have any other tips or advice for future Disney brides and grooms? I would definitely say uh, when you when you go to your planning session, you know, tell your planner everything and anything that you could want. Don't hold back. Even if you think it's a silly request, just just tell them because really Disney is very accommodating and they will try to make anything work for you. You know, on that same note, if you put everything out there, once you get back your first BEO, if it's way over your budget, don't be scared of that original number because the planner's are very good at working with you to really get things down to where you want it to be and to really condense everything into you know where where your budget is. We had a lot of things that we wanted. I mentioned earlier we wanted the draping around the room. Maxine was really helpful in all the little suggestions she made with the drapings. She suggested that we just do the one wall. She really took what we wanted and made it work for us within our budget. Uh, they have so many different ideas about th things that you can do. Um, one example of that was the toast. At first, I kind of was picky about what kind of champagne I wanted for the toast. But then when I saw the estimate of, you know, $600 for just the toast, I thought to myself, well, this is probably an area where we can cut back. So I, I asked Maxine about it and she suggested, why don't we just do apple cider for our toast? And, you know, I, I kind of thought that guests would care, but really in the end, nobody noticed and it saved us about $500. So simple things like that. If, if you can't think of ways yourself and how to save and how to really um, cut down and get where you want to be within your budget, I would definitely say to talk to your planner and ask them for help and ask for suggestions because they do this all the time and they know. They know these little tips and tricks and they have a lot of good suggestions and Maxine was really resourceful in a lot of areas. I would also add to that, you did a previous podcast, Carrie, about Google Docs and I took that advice and everything that I planned out Everything that we planned out from the master list to the seating arrangements was all done in Google Docs. And without your previous podcast, uh, when um, they gave the suggestion about using Google Docs, I probably wouldn't have used it. I think that's a great resource for people to use, and it's free. Uh, as long as you have a, a, a Google account, you would be able to use Google Docs. And I think that was a great tip and great advice. Uh, while DIY is great, manage your projects and allow it to design so you can work on other more important areas. If you can use um, resources like Etsy.com, you can use their ideas and, and purchase their ideas and their services. And you can also customize with them and get the ideas that you want down. And while you're doing that and they're, they're making those projects, you can do a more important things as well. I would also suggest using a group texting program like Tango to communicate events, time schedules, or in other important events. I think if we had that, uh, which I wish we would have, 
then I would be able to recommend certain places to our to our guests who are coming, allow them to know what time to meet for the buses. A lot of people called us, you know, at random times, uh, especially at the moments where we were very busy, say, hey, where do we meet? For the buses um, and if we had uh, some kind of centralized communication system where i can just send one mass text message to everyone um, it would have been a little a little easier for that my last one would be consider an app that combines all of your wedding photos taken by all the guests bridal party we used a program called wedding party on the iphone and android it was a very neat app that allowed um, and it was very fun to use so everyone can take their photos in real time and they can see that uh, right on the app. It was more privatized than using Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. And everyone had a lot of fun with the wedding party app. This is great stuff. These are all great tips. Is there any place online where my listeners can go to read about or see photos of your day? Yes, we uh, we use Roof Photography for our photos. So they do have a link in their blog and their page uh, that has our photos. I also have a Facebook account that I uploaded all the photos to as well, which is facebook.com slash scaffs. S-C-A-F-S. And then they're all public photos. So anyone can look at those. Uh, you can also ask any questions if you had one as well. Um, I don't have a completed planning journal or trip report. I wish I would have done that uh, extensively. Um, but I think it took a lot of my resources away. But we do have the photos online for everyone to see as well. Well, thank you both for taking the time to chat with me today. I think that you've offered a lot of great tips and really neat glimpse of the way a wishes wedding can work at Walt Disney World, and I really appreciate it. Thank you very much, Carrie. Thank you. That's our show for today. If you enjoyed it, be sure to rate the Disney Wedding Podcast on iTunes so that others will find it. You can also send your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at disneyweddingpodcast.com. Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show's website. And for instant answers to all your Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings questions, check out Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at passporter.com/weddings.asp or in print at passporter.com and amazon.com. <laughs>